0: I'm Queen Selene. And
1: I'm Matt Abetti.
0: And this is We're We're Just Here here to help. Help. So Matt, absolutely nothing happened this week.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, for the first time in the Trump administration, I was like, wow, calm waters. I don't have to read about some new governmental process or head of a department that I don't want to learn about.
0: Yeah, I slept like a baby. Yeah. For seven days. I
1: think you told me... Every day you felt like you had even more energy than the day yeah. before. Yeah,
0: I, I just felt myself shedding my past self and yeah. really coming into a new person. You were
1: like, every every painful thing I've ever experienced in my life is no longer a part of my psyche. I yeah. feel as though I've been psychologically cleansed because all is right in the world now.
0: There's just a healing week all around. Yeah. That's not what happened. No,
1: no that's not what happened at all. <laughs> I was like, do we both scream? And I was like, that would was be gonna, terrible for whoever's listening to this podcast.
0: I was going to yell, world, world, star. <laughs> world star. World star! Can we get, um, just, like, Kavanaugh videos, like, the testimony? <laughs> and
1: just, and just someone yell, yelling, world star. World, this is a conspiracy by the Democrats and Hillary Clinton. World star! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Anyway, today we're talking about uh, the Kavanaugh hearings, the Kavanaugh hearings 2.0, the flakening, uh, the FBI investigation is coming up. Uh, We're going to do some irresponsible speculation, which is my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, And then we're going to talk about something else that happened this week. And then we're talking about midterms. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This podcast is us probably talking for an hour about one topic that is at this point like... Turned into a political chimera, with like several heads. <laughs> yeah. Each one of them more evil and sexual assaulty than the last. Is
0: it a chimera or is it a hydra?
1: I don't know. Whatever it is. Oh, chimera is. I think.
0: Is it? That, that's that lion, dog, woman yeah. thing,
1: right? But I think that one. That one. Yeah. It's like it has several parts to it. They're all gruesome.
0: And it's like all mashed together into yeah. one horrible thing to deal with yeah
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna do everything i can to wedge one of those metaphors into everything we talk about. please do yeah. okay
0: <laughs> all right so uh the kavanaugh hearings were on thursday yes um and i'm sure everyone knows what happened but we're gonna talk about it in any way
1: yeah it was nine hours i don't know where you were but i was at work and all day i was listening to it, it felt like 9-11 <laughs>
0: It did feel like 9-11. Uh, uh,
1: for the last two years, we've had, like, a steady string of 9-11s. <laughs> every time Republicans oh are around, every time Republicans are in power, there's just 9-11 there's after not- 9-11. Right? <laughs> Trump becomes president. That's 9-11. Trump bans a whole, like, cultural identity of people. That's a 9-11. <sighs> um, <laughs> Trump, Trump appoints... A second Supreme Court Justice in his second year of being president. And, and this guy is.
0: <sighs> Just one. Sexual assault aside, Kavanaugh is rampantly unqualified. Yeah. Unfit. For the seat that he is nominated for.
1: That's a, probably a really good place for us to start. And like on paper, he's a U.S. district go- district attorney. He's he worked for the Bush White House. He went to Yale. He went to Yale, which you know what I I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be generally an asshole about Kavanaugh. I resisted saying like posting on Facebook and talking about like. Gender stuff, partially because I was like, oh, it's a day for me to shut up and like hear what other people are are saying. Mm -hmm. But also like there's a lot of racial politics around Kavanaugh specifically. And I think there's a major cultural politics. And I told you this. It's like it's very difficult because it's been several years of like black and brown people being shot at for no reason.
0: Let's not even say shot at. I would say executed ex- by the police force.
1: Yeah, ex- yeah, without responsibility, and there's this guy who's pissing and moaning that he doesn't get to become a supreme court judge because of pretty credible sounding accusations, and uh, like, and I have a whole nother thing about that. I, I also want us to talk about like this. Conservative metaphor, which is like he's being killed by the court of public opinion, and or like, this
0: due process bullshit.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk about that stuff because you know I have some very sharp criticisms. I also
0: here. have some sharp criticisms. But, um.
1: but uh, um, the main disqualifier for me, there is this tradition, which is and, and norms are very important as we're we're learning how important they are, and one of them is this idea that. The Supreme Court is a bunch of people who do everything they can to objectively apply the law and have principles that should stand above politics. So big, big picture ideas that like people can sit around and go like, this person believes that corporations are people for whatever reason. And there's a reasoning behind that, which is... Collections of people, like organizations of people uh, represent uh, the collective ideas and blah, blah, blah. And those should be treated like, okay, fine. If you have that idea, then that means that in other scenarios, lawyers, other legal thinkers, whoever, can sit down and go like, yeah, that then in this other analogous situation, this is how the rules should be applied. Like that's our system, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why it's great is if we are sewing together lots of contradictory laws, we're not being upheld to like a broader philosophical view of like what government should do and what the responsibilities of individuals are. Right? That, that was sort of the institution of uh, the Supreme Court, and it's a very particular vision of the law that is specific to democratic governments. right?
0: And that, that also um, bolsters the argument for the reason that we have lifetime... Appointments to the court because they're not supposed to be subject to the political whims of the era.
1: Right, and this is why, like, tons of people, like, and especially right wingers, do everything they can to be like, "What I'm doing is just what the framers of the constitution, these these guys, uh, the 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 original intent, the original intent behind the law is, uh, and that is some way of just being like, I'm not bringing my opinion; it's this other thing,
0: which uh, we. Uh, just for reference, I believe that originalists are disingenuous.
1: They're disingenuous, and, and
0: it's—I don't think it's a good legal analysis.
1: Yeah, and it's a bad theory. Uh, the English, like people are like, well, we have the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and that should be the foundation for all this stuff. But I think that's actually terrible because that means that our form of government has to be built on the best guesses of several hundreds of pe- hundreds of years ago who were in their teens and early 20s as they were constructing... As they were,
0: like, locked in a hot room full of chamber pots.
1: Yeah, shitting fucking in chamber, chamber pots. screaming
0: and, at each other and fucking blithering drunk.
1: And, yeah, right?
0: Like, I think we ought to upgrade a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and we're not, like... It would not be a surprising democratic system where it's, like, we reevaluate the basic principles of this country all the time. So every Supreme Court nominee throughout history has had this defense but also this they've had to maintain a general appearance of saying i don't play politics hey can you tell me about your opinion on such and such thing well i would have to see the particulars of that case and part of that's because it's like is it a is it a good metaphor does the current law really apply to that situation i have no idea and then more general views of like you know what is a what is a civil right of every human being like These are broad philosophical questions about like how law should be built or how we should interpret law.
0: Right. And also they're just generally supposed to appear impartial during their hearings.
1: Right. Right.
0: Right. Like our representation of justice in America is a blindfolded woman holding the scales. Right. Right. It's like justice is blind. Justice is fair. Justice will be equal. Right. And that's what you want to see. From a Supreme Court nominee. So, yeah, a big part of that,
1: and you can say this is an act or whatever, is to show up and be like slow, deliberative, calm, thoughtful, thoughtful, sharp. And, I mean, I don't know what Neil Gorsuch is like, but I've seen the Supreme Court in session twice. And it's, at least when I went, it is straight up the most boring shit ever. It's a bunch of very clean cut people who are like, okay... Uh, it's two lawyers who are making a case and they go like, yeah, well, we think that the principle should be like this. And the judge goes like, hey, well, if that's true, wouldn't these other things be true? Do you also defend? Like, it's a very, very intellectual exercise and it's very, very like calm and dry. And if you, it's the gulf of argument argument, right? Right. Where like Senate is the like XFL of, of argument where it's like People yelling and jumping at each other and stuff the like that. The
0: delegate from California does not recognized.
1: Thud. Thud. <laughs> order. Thud, order. Thud. Order. Grassley's like... Bah,
0: blah, blah. Bah. Um, foghorn b- Leghorn. Fuck. The delegate from Alabama recognizes Foghorn Leghorn from South Carolina.
1: Yeah. I, I took a long walk <laughs> to do this, but Kavanaugh said none of that. He, he-, he yelled. He was... Uh, he
0: was like... <laughs> A, a hissing opossum. Yeah. Like someone like opened a garage door and turned on the light and there was just Judge Kavanaugh in the corner just like spittling and scratching. Yeah.
1: Crying over again, we last podcast we talked about like what Kavanaugh could have done. And one of the things he could have done is just to be like, you know what? Have an investigation. I'm more than happy to wait. The number the days are still in his favor. And just to be like, you know what? I want this to be a clear and open process, and that's awesome. That's fine. That's great.
0: But I believe in the law, and I am completely comfortable with the FBI investigating me because I didn't do anything wrong.
1: Yeah. Hey, you know who else didn't throw a shit fit? Merrick Garland. And nobody met with him for nine goddamn months. Poor on the motherfucker. But, right? But you didn't see him like on television going like... Oh, I busted my butt, and I went, <laughs> I went to Yale, oh, and I coach, I coached my daughter's basketball team. Dude, sorry, this is politics. Uh, unfortunately, every once in a while, you get slam dunked on, and you just got to shut the fuck up about it.
0: Here's the thing, among many things about Brett Kavanaugh, is that regardless of almost everything else, he lied several times to oh, the Senate yeah. Judiciary Committee. He lied about big things, but also he felt the need to lie about small things. He said, just for example, that he got into Yale with no help and no connections. He was a Yale legacy. His grandfather went to Yale. And like, it's just a simple Google away. Yeah. Like, why would you lie about that?
1: Yeah, and then he also lied about, I thought this was where, where you were going, he lied about uh, knowledge that he had when he was appointed to the U.S., um, He's in the U.S. District Court, right?
0: Court of Appeals, I believe. Is that
1: accurate? Yeah. Well, whatever lower court he's in right now.
0: Which is the second highest court.
1: He lied about having information to late Senator Ted Kennedy, uh, which now demonstrably he had and he lied about. Uh, That's called perjury, and that is no bueno if you're a lawyer, and really not great if you are one of the highest ranking attorneys, not attorneys judges in the united states
0: it's just there's no reason to lie and to be evasive if you didn't do anything wrong regardless of whether they think you're falsely accused or not
1: you know what you know what else he perjured himself over Mm. i don't drink i've never been blackout drunk i don't drink to excess i was a virgin into my late 20s I mean, maybe he was a virgin. I wouldn't be surprised. But also, what, like...
0: because his rapes were unsuccessful up until then?
1: Uh, yeah, that does not answer whether or not he, like, raped anybody. Absolutely. But also, like... This it doesn't...
0: It's like the perfect, like, Catholic thought. Like, it doesn't count if you do it in the butt. Like, it doesn't count if you rape him.
1: Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Or it was attempted rape and not successful. Right. Because he doesn't know how, how to get a swimsuit off, apparently.
0: It's, one piece is hard. I mean I'm not I'm not I'm it's not It's like hard for the wearer, too It's, like hard to pee. I'm not getting too far down. It's this like wearing way. a romper they like got to take the whole fucking thing off. Uh okay so the first disqualifying factor was that he lied several times to the Judiciary committee. Right. Right. The second disqualifying factor is that his temperament, like what? I mentioned, was like of a I mentioned it also. Yeah. A, <laughs> Matt mentioned it, too. His temperament was of, like, a caged varmint. Yeah. Uh, in the exchange where uh, Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, Minnesota represent, um, the center from Minnesota, asked him if he had ever drank to the point of becoming blackout drunk. And he goes, like, that SpongeBob meme. Oh, yeah. He's like, he goes back to him, he's like, have you ever been blackout drunk? Which is just completely...
1: Right. It's, it's also inappropriate for the occasion because... Amy Klobuchar has passed the test that has sat her in that chair. That hearing is to see if he passes his test to sit in the chair he wants to be in. Right. So this is not like a time for whataboutism. To be like, well, everybody else gets blackout drunk. Yeah, Freddie. That's not what's, that's not what's uh, up right now. What's up right now is do you drink? to that point. Have you drunk to that point? And because his memory and whether or not he can effectively recollect his sexual assaults are so important here.
0: Yeah. But that, it's, it's also another like easily disprovable thing because his whole yearbook is full of drinking yeah. metaphors. And like, what he called, he, he said, ralphing was a, and boofing was a response to having an upset stomach to spicy food. Oh my god, yeah. It's like, it's, oh man, I ate so much spicy food and then I threw up in my bed. Yeah. I ralphed in my bed. It's also like
1: unbelievable that someone who has a yearbook like that can also tell me like, me in high school? No. I volunteered. I went to church all the time. My only real concerns were sports and school. It's like, dude, shut up.
0: Right. Like, a devil's triangle has never met anything other than a devil's triangle.
1: I love the idea that Devil's Triangle meant a drinking game, and by the way, I don't know anybody who's played a drinking game and has been like, we had a drinking game, and I drank a moderate amount of right. alcohol.
0: I played the drinking game simply to socialize. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I played drinking games, and whether I wanted to or not, that meant that I got pretty damn drunk. Right. There's this hor this horrible and wonderful chart on Vox where it was like. The question and answer and how often Kavanaugh or um Dr. Ford. Dr. Ford uh Answered the question. Or answered ask. a question. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this hurts.
0: Well basically what the chart shows is that there's um like a bunch of dashes, like blue dashes for every time they answer the questions, and a bunch of red dashes every time they evaded the questions. Yep. And Dr. Blazy Ford's uh column is completely blue, <laughs> and Kavanaugh's is like Red, 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 blue, red, 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 red blue. It's just, it, he evaded yeah. all the answers. And so, like, before we even get to the sexual assault yep. issue, he proved himself unfit to sit on the highest court in the land through his temperament and his disdain for the truth. Right. So let's just put that out there as one, and let's get into the sexual assault yeah. part of it. Um, so on Thursday, Dr. Blasey Ford testified first and i personally couldn't watch it live i would like peek on it a little bit and then like see it on twitter i was like i can't handle this that's painful it was so fucking brutal and her pain was so evident and she was so so courageous in what she did
1: yeah it it was i mean like i've read tons of articles that are like Democrats and left leaning people felt for Ford, and right leaning people felt the indignation of Kavanaugh. And we can talk about that. But I'll say this any middle road, honest person wouldn't see a conniving, cruel person. What they were seeing was someone who was in pain and was trying to communicate
0: that pain in the clearest way possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't think there's anyone who doubted her veracity. No. And her honesty. And she did as well as anyone could have possibly done in that scenario. Um, and as a white woman, I also just want to underline that Dr. Blazey Ford was allowed to break down and she was allowed to be uh, sensitive and vulnerable, and that was something that was not um afforded to Anita Hill. Right. Um, who went through a very similar situation and had to be professional and clear and direct and was asked all sorts of disgusting derogatory questions and had to keep her head. So I just want to point out that um, point of privilege yeah, on yeah. the part of Dr. Blasey Ford. And
1: even um, still she had to be very restrained, you know, in a lot of different ways. Uh, it's still not great. She was, she was very clearly someone who was under a lot of control under a lot of counsel. Um, And I'm not saying that as, like, a knock. I'm saying that as, like, this is someone who clearly, in a very short period of time, prepared a great deal. And I don't think that that's something we saw out of Kavanaugh.
0: No. um, Any survivor of sexual assault who would have to be brought, wouldn't be forced to testify like that, my deepest desire would be to grab something heavy and smash it against someone's fucking head and be like, you actually want to put this person into right. this position right. on the highest court in the land and I have to live in the country where you do this? I have nothing but respect for her restraint because I would have lost my fucking mind.
1: Yeah. And and you were seeing people all over the internet, people I met just reacting in like a huge, 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 huge way. I don't know anybody. I, well, no. I would say I don't know any woman who during those two days was just having a chill time. You know what I mean? No. Or who was just like, man, that Kavanaugh guy's really having it rough. Again, that might be something that I'm seeing because of where I live. But also, and this is one of my favorite things, it's one of those like sad and very funny things. It's that photo of Kavanaugh screaming, and you see all of the women he's brought there in his support, and all of them are either cringing or scowling or otherwise reacting in a like, really negative way, including his wife, yeah, including his mother, including his clerks that he marches around and says, you know, this is all the great work I do for women and stuff like that. Who
0: were actually selected because of their model-like attributes, as we know from an yeah. article from the Washington Post.
1: And, and by the way, like that's, I mean, I might as well break into it now. Speaking of race, we were talking about the OK sign before. In our previous... One uh, of our previous cast? podcasts. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to go farther, and I don't know how one would be able to go farther to find out what all of his clerks look like and act like. But one of the things that has stuck out to me about that article was like, Kavanaugh likes a particular look. And that, for me, rings like coded language... About, like, pretty much...
0: White or model minority?
1: Yeah. We can get... there's a, the, That's a yeah. big
0: snake pit. But it, it basically means no dark women.
1: No dark women. No, no no features that don't seem to be... Right? Like, there's just a whole gamut of this stuff. Yeah. And I think the last episode... One of the episodes before, we were talking about this, like, modicum that women are looking for. Which is, just own up to it. Just own up... Just be like, I did the thing. Right, It's like, I
0: don't think men understand that if we don't expect you to be perfect, we're most people are not perfect. Most people have done something fucked up in their lives, especially when it comes to anything with gender or race, anything, identity. But when you're called on it, just say, yes, yes, I'm sorry. I will in the future work to not do this and work towards making amends for this. And you will be forgiven.
1: Yeah. and I'll You say, will
0: be forgiven.
1: Yeah. This is the American left. Like, I think the average Republican wants to say, like, for Kavanaugh or anybody else to admit that they were racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, any of that stuff, is a death knell. I think for the American right, there's this exaggerated view. And, th- and I'm not just talking about, like, some random dude on Reddit. I'm talking about like Lindsey Graham, Chuck Grassley, and we can talk about their reactions and stuff, but the American left isn't like, your Hitler immediately. It's just like, we have to raise our level of consciousness and awareness about this stuff. And this is one of those moments.
0: And I want to go off that, because I do want to bring this still back to um, Dr. Ford's testimony, right? Um, where you were talking about like, every woman I know was feeling very, very raw that day. And... The reason for that is I would say 100% of us know someone who has been sexually assaulted. And I don't actually know a woman in my life who has not been sexually assaulted. Um, I don't want to speak for all women, but everyone I know has been sexually assaulted. And when that happens, um, there's no blame but on the perpetrator. But you still take some of that shame into yourself. Right. And even though you know what happened to you, you're trying to convince yourself that it didn't, or that there's an excuse for it that you did something wrong, and so that's why the statement "I believe you" is so incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, and I know several other women started crying when Senator Blumenthal said to Dr. Ford, "I believe you." Yeah, you had to have a heart of stone not to like cry as soon as that, incredibly that happened. Incredibly powerful. And so, what happened with these hearings is there's a woman who is bearing her soul, her most painful moment, in front of the entire world, and there are people saying that they don't believe her, or that they believe that the man, oh, they believe the man over her, or that even if it is true, it doesn't matter. And so, we as women are victims of sexual assault, which I don't want to actually gender anyone who has been sexually assaulted or have experienced any sort of sexual violence take that onto themselves as they don't believe me and that I'm crazy. And so for me personally, I was, I couldn't get anything done. I know a lot of women who can get anything done because you're stuck in the state of paralysis almost where you function, you go about your day as a normal human being, but it's still somewhere in the back of your head that this mishigas of pain and shame and doubting your own reality is brought to the forefront Um, and so what I want to say to men especially or people who don't know what that experience is like is on days or weeks like this where there's stuff like this floating around whether it be in the Me Too movement or specifically um, with the Supreme Court situation check in on the women in your life because they may not be able to reach out to you like the emotional energy it takes to be like hey I'm not okay I need you to talk to me I need to make sure that I ate, that I can leave the house, that I'm not going to lose my mind in a bathroom stall. Like that is what being an ally is. Yeah. And taking a moment to see if you're playing into the patriarchy in any way. And what I mean by that is I had it happen in my own household <laughs> where um, a joke was made that wasn't thoughtful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I lost my fucking mind. Right. Because if you're talking about race, if you're talking about misogyny, um, the patriarchy, there are small actions that contribute to the larger whole. So if you deny the experiences of a survivor of sexual assault, their valid experiences, that's not that far on the spectrum from actually committing a sexual assault. Because the person who sexually assaulted someone, say in the case of Brett Kavanaugh, um, one of the quotes from Dr. Ford that I thought was most powerful was, um, when they asked her what the worst part of it was, was, the most indelible on the hippocampus is their laughter.
1: Yeah.
0: Where they didn't think that they were doing anything bad and they were enjoying themselves. And what we know about sexual assault is that it often takes place in settings of male bonding. And so if you're a man... Please support the women around you. And if you hear anything from other men, shut it the fuck down. And if you're not doing that, you're not an ally and you're not a good guy. And if you feel uncomfortable, you should. It's not a comfortable experience to become better. Yeah. And yeah. you should sit in that discomfort. You should.
1: Um, I I want to highlight one other part of what you were talking about. And that is when Dr. Ford was talking about the aftermath and she essentially said she didn't think it must, like she was making it a bigger deal than it actually was, uh, her personal feelings. Uh, And that she uh, felt like that. She felt like that. And she also said that she also felt shame because she was at this party. uh, Her parents didn't know she had a drink and all of those feelings of isolation not being able to trust other people. And to think that a simple, small moral slip-up, having a drink, partying, justifies assault, that is part of the psyche of someone who has been assaulted, who lives in a world where um, they I, are dominated. I don't,
0: I don't think that's the part of the psyche of the person who's been sexually assaulted. I think that's the psyche of society.
1: Yeah, what I'm saying is yeah, yeah. No, we're, yeah. What I, I guess what I'm saying is that's the kind of uh, let me try to like word this like, like let me try to get at this the, the right way. If you grow up in a context where you're constantly told that being sexual or loose, especially in Catholic context,
0: mm-hmm.
1: brings about and eggs on. Things like sexual assault, you internalize that behavior. Yes. And that is something that can take years for someone just to like be open and upfront about. And I think that was one of the things that was very striking about her account because that Senate hearing is the most heightened version of coming forward and saying, This thing that I've kept private and has changed my life, has affected the way I think about like a remodel, a simple remodel of a home has terrified me about uh, control and being completely out of control. I'm finally not ashamed of this enough to tell you about it. And what that means is there are probably a bunch of Dr. Fords who haven't said anything because they're still coming to grips with the feeling of I'm isolated. People will tell me that I, I brought this on myself and maybe I feel like I brought it on myself. And I sit down in a room of some of those senior lawmakers in the United States and to not feel believed or heard is painful for that person, but it's painful for every single other person who has that same experience of maybe I just should have been smarter. Maybe I just, maybe this is my fault. Oh, maybe he had like some mixed signals or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, and in her context, like, Had she run out of that party and into police station, they would have been like, what evidence do you have? They didn't actually rape you? Right. Great. All right. Well, what are they going to do? You know? It's... There was, like... I don't know what physical evidence they would have... Sure. ...gathered. Um, And people don't make fake rape allegations. And if... I feel like the instances which they rarely do, make up less than 1%. And they just, they found out that in Detroit, Michigan, there was a backlog of thousands of rape kits, and they found 500 serial rapists when they tested them. And this is why people don't come forward. No. Right? And then... Do, because of Dr. Ford's bravery, other people did come forward. And you see people in the Capitol building shouting their stories that they've never heard before. And people, parents finding out about their children's assault by watching them on CNN. And other people who Kavanaugh allegedly assaulted have come forward. There's four accusers right now. Yep. And the Republicans have no interest in it because it's a fucking game for them.
1: Yeah. And that was the thing that was the most painful and cold-hearted was Lindsey Graham and all these other people saying that she was a prop or that... Look, Dr. Ford's original complaint was made anonymously, and I think her greatest wish was that enough people would have privately heard her account and been like, you know what? Let's Let's withdraw. Let's withdraw. And again, we talked about our 65 bears last week. The Republicans knew about this. Enough to try to prepare and instead of saying, this is not the horse we want to back, you could, uh, look, again, you cannot tell me that there isn't another conservative judge who doesn't have assault sexual assault. Neil Gorsuch went, went made it through. Flying. Right? Flying through. And that was and a
0: stolen seat.
1: It was a stolen seat. There was all the resentment in the world. He's a hard right winger.
0: Yeah. He's like a 99 on the conservative scale.
1: Yeah. So you can't tell me that this is like pent up rage from like, uh twenty sixteen or it's anti-Trumpism or any of that stuff. It's,
0: it's just give us give us someone who hasn't assaulted anyone. Yeah. And that's that's the bar.
1: And probably someone who doesn't think that the president is above the law. Like, you know, they yeah,
0: and who that this isn't revenge by the Clintons. Yeah. Right. Um anyway, so after the world witnessed Dr. Ford's testimony, in comes Judge Kavanaugh. And I was like, it looked really bad for him right afterwards because she was so, so credible. And he starts freaking out. He's crying. He's spitting. He spent the first 40 minutes yelling. And I was like, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this dude's fucking done. He just like lost his shit. I bet like they told him that they were withdrawing him during the recess. It's Like he was just inventing. And then I realized this motherfucker is performing for an audience of one. And that audience of one is Trump. Because Trump will not take weakness from those around him. He sees it as a character flaw. And so when Kavanaugh went to attack the female senators, when he was screaming, when he was vehemently denying...
1: I'm going to actually disagree, but in a... Oh, yeah. In in a Betty disagree kind of way. And again, I'm going to peel us back and I'm going to take us back to that moment.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So let's talk about Who Kavanaugh is uh, is as a uh, as a person, like the generic rubric, right? Mm -hmm. He's a prep school kid, so he grew up in a profound amount of privilege. He uh, and then he went to Yale after going to a prestigious private school. Yale. Yale. And by the way, if you're a listener, you're a proud alumnus of Yale.
0: Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I,
1: I now forever get to also say like. I went to the same school that Brett Kavanaugh went to. That's what you get to say, Yale people. Yeah. That's that's my impression of you. okay.
0: I thought you were going to brag about going to Georgetown again.
1: No. (laughs) The only people who went to Georgetown were Bill Clinton and... Okay,
0: we're... we're (laughs) Get get to your point. Um,
1: Okay, so he went to a very expensive private school. He went to a very expensive uh, undergraduate program. He then went uh, into law school. And he has never had to scrap it.
0: He has never not gotten something that he wanted. Yeah. Look,
1: I would love, like, this is when I flipped burgers. This is when I was a junior person at this place. This is when I went to Occidental. I mean, whatever it is, right? But that never happened for him. And it's fine. There are tons of people whose lives are sort of a variation of this. They were the top half of their private prep school. They went to some prestigious school after that, and they worked at some other prestigious place after that, and they lived on a six-figure salary their whole lives. And, um,
0: But they're okay they found, people. Yeah,
1: they're okay people. Yeah, Every senator in that room, and mind you, this is one of the horrible stats. There, there are nine people on the selection committee.
0: No, there's t- 11. 11? Yeah.
1: Well, then I've, I might have some number wrong. Okay. In any case, I think it was like five or six of them. Who are Republican? All white males, older ones. There's
0: six Republicans, five Democrats.
1: Okay, so six. So I'm misremembering the tweet. Mm -hmm. And it was all six of them, white male, and are voting for Brett Kavanaugh. And all six of them voted against a piece of legislation that, and I'm I'm gonna.
0: The Violence Against Women Act.
1: Violence Against Women Act. Yep. And the by the way, if you're listening and you're like, the "Violence Against Women Act is this like piece of legislation is very radical, whatever," no, no, no. It passed the Senate seventy-eight to twenty-two, which means that more than a quarter to a fifth of the people who voted against a very popular bill to protect women are all on the committee to evaluate whether or not the nominee of the nominee who is a sexual, uh, a, a sexual uh, predator, sexual predator, can nominate his buddy another sexual predator.
0: Right, and. The other part of the first part of the hearing was that they brought in a sexual, um, like a special victims prosecutor from Arizona to ask the questions for the GOP yeah. senators. Partially it was like, because they didn't want anyone getting a soundbite of them saying insensitive. But part two is that I think three or four of the senators currently on the Judiciary Committee were there where Anita Hill was in front of the Judiciary Committee. Yeah, And so they haven't been voted out in nearly 30 years. Yeah not a good look vote him out
1: so my point was this yeah that kavanaugh's audience was every republican male because they identify with his experience of working very hard and and make wanting to make it to the top or whatever so the him the victimization of not being able to get something that he wants is something that speaks to them but understanding a woman's experience, understanding banning Muslims, understanding all these other experiences, are things that they've never crossed paths with. So I would say that, yes, he is speaking to Trump, but I think it's also something that not just not just uh, the Senate Republicans, but maybe a lot of other wealthy Republicans understand and sympathize with.
0: I also think that, I think you're right, and also that he was freaking out about the idea of something that he wanted not happening for him. And right. he... What you saw on a national stage was a man experiencing consequences for the first time. And I just want to be clear that people always bring up due process when it comes to these hearings or sexual assault. Let me just tell you, due process is something that happens in the court of law. Yeah. this is not a court of law right. this is a job interview you do not get due process if you were hiring someone for your company and someone said I have credible allegations that they have been raping multiple people and drinking until they're blackout drunk you'd be like yo maybe I'll go with a different equally qualified candidate yeah the, right
1: the the idea that there's only one one dude is a false construct
0: there's a crazy lady that yeah. With 10 kids that they could easily nominate who would also get rid of abortion. Right. But no. It's got to be the guy who thinks that the president is above the law. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say about due process, we brought this up at the beginning, is that the people who are yelling about due process right now are not the same people out there on the streets protesting with Black Lives Matter when a police officer plays judge and jury and executioner, and executes a black child in the middle of the street. Right. It's funny that they think that Brett Kavanaugh was just a kid when he was 17. Right. We have all these young black boys, some as young as 10, 11 years old, being shot by the police. Where are you at? Where you at? Where you at?
1: So it's, it's, it's not about that stuff. I think the real fear is connected to what we just talked about. And it's something Lindsey Graham said point blank. And a lot of these other Republicans have, have sort of echoed, which is, how, are, how is anyone going to get elected? How is anyone going to stay in office? And, hey, fun fact, they shouldn't be in office. Uh, being in office means that you have a lot of moral integrity and that you uphold X, Y, and Z and blah, blah,
0: blah. You shouldn't be in office because what are we teaching our children? What are we teaching our young boys that you can attempt to rape someone and nothing happens to you? There are no consequences. These are the lessons Brett Kavanaugh learned when he was young and formed his beliefs now. Yep. That women don't have right over their bodies. That gay people shouldn't be allowed to live free and happy lives. That native communities should be oppressed. That black and brown people should be held under the thumb. You know? So this is an important moment for America as a whole and the future generation. You're not allowed to get away with this shit, and we shouldn't let them.
1: Yeah. And so uh, uh, I, I think that part of the fear of the right, and there's a great Atlantic article about this, essentially is that the American left has always been on the right side of history. And, and you might say, like, no, the Democrats weren't, Republicans Party party Lincoln. No. What I'm talking about is the left wing of politics, um, and the GOP is no longer part of the left wing, as they were when Lincoln was around. Right. And the left, not just in the United States, but generally everywhere else, has always moved the goalposts farther along. And the conservative party in the United States has always had to deal with things like the Civil Rights Bill being passed or or, uh, slavery being undone or uh, any of that stuff. You
0: know, all the stuff that they love.
1: That the right loves, right? It's part of, like, right-wing thinking. What the bigger fear, I think, is for these guys is—they're all guys— is if Kavanaugh gets in trouble, people will come after them. And I think that people like Lindsey Graham who are extra upset about this, I'm like, I think you've got some guilt. Look, if you're a Republican, right? We already talked about the fact that Mitch McConnell was not really into Kavanaugh. If you're a Republican and your jam is just like, we've got to get a conservative judge in the way, You might as well just find a second Neil Gorsuch. You have enough time, right?
0: You have a big list from the Federalist Society. Pick another dude. Like fucking stab the page at random.
1: Right. There are tons of conservative judges. The real reason why they can't lose on this guy is the same reason they couldn't lose on Bork. And that is losing Bork symbolically meant that Nixon was in trouble. Nixon couldn't be above the law. And the same thing is, being, is happening here with Trump, not just about being above the law, but also that gender politics, race politics, uh, ideas about uh, sexual assault and how people can wield their privilege, that is all changing. And the very sad thought is there are a bunch of people who think that us rethinking privilege is a bad thing and not a good thing. And I would say Lindsey Graham is one of those people. I would say Chuck Grassley is one of those people. That's the real thing that's terrifying. That's the real reason why they identify with the guy because all those Make America Great Again guys are influenced by older white people who think that their old white maleness is about to get upended. And that's what happens when you start to see your privilege withering away. You were never aware of it before. So as your privilege is being eroded... Your privilege to commit sexual assault and continue to move on to the highest offices in the land, it feels like oppression. It feels like people are taking things away from you. Well, it's like, it's like
0: when equal, uh, equality starts to feel like oppression when you've been the oppressor. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, so let me be clear. Maybe you're a white dude and you're like, you know, I was pretty happy, honestly, being top 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 dog you know this felt good i honestly my heart of hearts don't want to feel uncomfortable and i i you know i like maybe i don't want to performatively show that but i want to stay on top it was comfortable for me i'm just gonna tell you right now you can either comply or we're gonna take it from you (laughs) (laughs) i'm dead fucking serious time is marching forward people are marching forward you should be scared of the people you're oppressing and you can either come down and make amends and change yourself and be better and not contribute to people's oppression and infringe upon their rights or we're going to take it back and you're going to be part of the follow-up.
1: As always, I, I have a different take on this. <laughs> Karina's, Karina's my is my, ba- my bad woke cop and I am the good woke cop. And I'll say this. Just like toxic masculinity hurts men ideas about white privilege also hurt white people
0: i mean we're and i just want to mention what we think what's so interesting about this podcast is we do get to tussle with ideas of intersectionality which is how different types of oppression interact with each other yep Mm -hmm. continue
1: it's one of the things that makes karina and i fun
0: yeah
1: people invite us to cocktail parties and they're like you know what we should talk about Gender politics and race.
0: Race. And I bet incite some nice violence tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you wanted to uh, soften my statement before we get into the Jeff Flakening FBI uh, investigation, though. I
1: don't, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. People who are beneficiaries of white privilege and are... The, I, I've always noticed the most obscene versions of them. Yeah, everyone's while, like you run into like a, a, a poor person who is white and is still not aware of their white privilege. That's, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I see universally, and even in that case, but most specifically with like rich white people, is this insecurity. And part of that insecurity comes from like, you ever win something you weren't supposed to win? You're very aware that there are people who do better than you and who are smarter and more capable. I think that's happening with Trump. I think Trump is like, oh, I'm not as popular or as good of a president as Obama. And I think it eats away at him. And I think with Kavanaugh, and this is a part of the thing where I like as a brown man upset about Kavanaugh is like, when I see someone like Kavanaugh, I think of all of the people of color that he bypassed who were also at Yale, who also were interviewing for clerk, clerking positions, who he beat out. Because of his whiteness.
0: And his connections. And his connections. Given to him by his whiteness and his wealth. Right.
1: If you're a first-generation immigrant, you don't have any of those connections. And if you made it to Yale and you got a 180 on the LSAT, that is... Look, I don't care how much you worked your butt off as Kavanaugh. You can't match that person.
0: No, because Kavanaugh started 100 feet ahead. And so the person... 100
1: feet ahead in a 120-foot race.
0: (laughs) Right. And so that... First-generation immigrant caught you, and you beat him by, like, a foot.
1: Yeah. You were 100 you hundred feet in. You were already in the race, and you had to walk 20 feet. And this dude had to sign up for the race, do the paperwork, get a bib, buy some running clothes, show up for the race, find out the gun had already been shot, and start <laughs> running. Like he, There was, like, a couple minutes lost to dilly-dallying, as he was like, when do the other runners show up to this thing? It's just me and a bunch of other immigrants. And, you know, like...
0: When are the white people going to
1: show up? When are the white people? Oh, we have to be running. Oh, my God. Okay, good. Oh, oh boy. And that person didn't catch up to you. And it's insane.
0: And, like, wouldn't that victory feel better if you had started on the same starting line? Sure. And I think that's what part of the dissonance is, is that, yeah, you won. Yeah, you're a little bit ahead. But someone just pointed out that you didn't get it honestly and it makes you feel uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And brace yourself for when you actually sit down in Supreme Court. And one of my favorite stories, Neil Gorsuch first gets sat mm-hmm. and he's like monologuing. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg like smacks him down with a single like sentence. I wish I could, re- re- like, re- it was like a re- write-up in the New York Times. no, Not, not, not the New York Times, uh, New Yorker. And it was like one of those things where it was like, there was no embellishing to it. And it felt like, yeah, that's exactly what I would expect is this like junior conservative guy trying to like muscle his way through and then just getting smacked down by somebody who's like, I've been doing this for d- decades, bruh. Also, you are my son.
0: Ruth Bader Ginsburg grew up super poor, yeah. got herself through school, got and married, Her, husband. her hus- had a baby, yeah. worked all the way through law school, took care of her husband who was sick with cancer. During law school, so she would go to class, take care of their kid, take care of her husband, sleep two hours a night. And she made it to the Supreme fucking Court. Yeah. Not this fucking ween. Yeah. This fucking ween. This fucking ween. Oh my God. Okay. So, that covers Thursday.
1: That covers just our feelings on Thursday.
0: Our feelings on Thursday. Okay. Our (laughs) group therapy (laughs) has concluded on the topic of Thursday. Which we all survived, maybe, with a inordinate serving of mezcal and some screaming in the shower. Yeah,
1: and just depression and just everything.
0: And Friday morning arrived, right? And so what happened, what was supposed to happen on Friday, was at 1.15, they were supposed to vote to in committee to progress Kavanaugh to the Senate floor. Several things happened before 1.15 on Friday, one of them was Jeff Flake announced that he was voting yes on Kavanaugh. And Jeff Flake is, just as his name implies, a flaky senator from Arizona. Wow,
1: thanks, Dad. Yeah. This is great. It was a good joke. It's a great dad joke.
0: It was a good joke. <laughs> it was a layup. <laughs> Jeff Flake is flaky. All right, everyone at home? Yeah, He's really, flaky. he go either way.
1: Really punching that joke in? I'm
0: pounding it in. Pushing it through. <laughs>
1: You're not really deliberating on this joke very much, Karina. All no. you're doing is... No
0: FBI investigation for my joke. <laughs> straight straight ahead. <laughs> yeah. Straight through committee on my joke. But there's some... Senate.
1: F- f- incredible accusations <laughs> no.
0: against your take, joke. Take it to the floor. Prove it. I need, I need to sit. I need the joke. <laughs> I need the joke. Okay? It's- Karina, no, no follow-up questions. Karina,
1: it's just because this joke will pardon you for other <laughs> two, future bad jokes. It's a
0: two-hour rule. I'm closing the session. Two-hour rule.
1: <laughs> uh, every conservative tactic all in one.
0: Shut up. <laughs> Women aren't people. <laughs> Come here.
1: <laughs> Karina, are you a scorned woman?
0: Shut up. <laughs> Go to your room. You're going to be dead soon. We're Pee all, on your grave. Um, we're all going to be dead soon. Not soon enough. Uh, so Friday morning arrives, and a couple of things happen. So Jeff Flake announces that he's a yes on Kavanaugh, yes. Um, which wasn't anticipated. Um,
1: to move because, him to a Senate floor vote.
0: To move to a Senate floor vote. And and presumably on the Senate floor, he would also vote yes Was the implication of this. So everyone freaks out, right? Because Flake is the deciding vote on the Judiciary Committee. So what happens is, among several things, is two women corner Jeff Flake in an elevator and are like holding the door open. So these women are begging Jeff Flake and asking him to explain himself. And they're just crying and just like so heartbroken. And I just want to mention that I think it's so fucked up that it's on the backs of survivors to convince other people that this matters and it's so painful to have to relive that and it was just so heartbreaking like i I couldn't watch more than a couple seconds of it so these women are like begging pleading with jeff flake to explain himself and the whole time the optics are terrible he's just hitting the door close button and he
1: looks ashamed he
0: looks ashamed he looks like he feels very badly and he's just pounding that door close button and the women are standing in the door it's just so bad Anyway, then there's footage of Jeff Flake sitting in committee looking like someone just stabbed his puppy in the eye. Then they're, like, getting ready to vote, and Senator Coons um, from Connecticut gives, like, a very impassioned speech, and he's really good friends with Jeff Flake, and they, like, travel together, like, travel buddies, like, amazing race, like, video buddies type thing. Um, and he gives like, a very impassioned speech in the Judiciary Committee, and Jeff Flake, like, gets up and leaves, and he goes into the um, ante room which is, like, the side room to the chamber. And then, like, Coons gets up and goes back. And then eventually more and more people start going back. And the vote hasn't happened yet.
1: It was surreal.
0: It was fucking weird because everyone was sitting there, like, ready. Was like, they're all going to vote fucking yes and vote on party line. It's going to be six to five Republicans, Democrats, voting yes and no. And then this happens, And so what turned out it happened is Coons and Jeff Flake got into... A phone booth made for one person and we're like negotiating and Lindsey Graham and Chuck Grassley are like fucking pounding on it and freaking out and yelling at Flake and he's like no I don't feel right about this like, this is fucked up like <laughs> somehow and then like Amy Klobuchar is like fucking working Jeff like over trying to convince him and like Feinstein and Jeff like is like I would feel like a lot better if we could just get an FBI investigation which is what everyone was asking for from the beginning like, Dr. Ford was asking for it um The Democrats were asking for it. Kavanaugh
1: wasn't asking for it. I wonder
0: why. He was asking for, in a different. He was asking for something else. Slut. He's a slut for the Supreme Court seat. He'll take it from anyone to get on the Supreme Court. Anyway. (laughs) So basically, what happens? Like, mantra of the Senate is like, if you have the votes, you vote. If you don't have the votes, you talk. Right. So they're talking. So it's like forty-five minutes, past the time they're supposed to vote. I'm supposed to be going to the gym, but I'm just fucking glued to the internet trying to figure out what's going to happen. So I turn on the C-SPAN and there I see a little bitch Jeff Flake <laughs> quivering like a fucking leaf because Lindsey Graham is going to fucking shove his head into a toilet yeah. after the hearing. And he's like, I would feel a lot better about this. if There's an FBI investigation. And Diane Feinstein wants to vote. To have the FBI investigation happen, like have the committee order it, and then Grassley and uh, Graham are like, no, 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 we need, we need the White House to do it. <laughs> <laughs> give, me, give me some popcorn, and peanuts. The,
1: the, this is popcorn uh, el- leghorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna say elderly Beavis and butthead.
0: Oh God, that's <laughs> so <laughs> funny. <laughs>
1: You said boofed. You said boofed. I said ralphed. to triangle.
0: So Jeff Flake is like quavering, he's asking for an FBI investigation, and Graham and uh Grassley are like, no, the White House needs to order it. He's like, well, I'm only comfortable voting yes if we have an FBI investigation, limited scope, limited to a week. And they're like, Lindsey Graham's like rolling his eyes. Grassley's like just staring and the sound of silence is playing in the background. <laughs> and so they vote they vote to confirm to take Kavanaugh to the floor. But
1: Hello ethics, my old friend. friend.
0: I've come to not listen to you again.
1: again. Okay, sorry. Kate.
0: I have no moral ethical core. I, I sold my whole soul. soul
1: to the devil. <laughs> and now I can only
0: listen to the call. This is terrible. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway, so Kavanaugh is going to the floor, but they need Jeff Flake because it turns out Murkowski and Collins won't vote for Kavanaugh either on the floor until there's an FBI investigation. So now we have an FBI investigation into Kavanaugh that's going to go on for a week. It's hard because the White House has been announced that they are limiting it.
1: Yeah, so they're limiting you the, the, to just uh, Ramirez and um, Doctor Ford. Doctor Ford's accusations. Yeah, there are limitations as to who they can talk to. So there's a list of people that they can talk to, right. which is horrifying.
0: Mark Judge, who was witness allegedly to Doctor Ford's assault and a participant in it, worked at a Safeway somewhere, and that's kind of like one of the cruxes of if they can corroborate everything. But they're not allowed to go to the Safeway. Yeah,
1: uh, this this is the White House meddling. Uh, it's unethical. My hope is that Democrats take the Republicans to task for this mm-hmm. and that it further tanks and sinks Kavanaugh. I think it's one of those things that is so blatantly thuggery Yeah. that it will tank Kavanaugh rather than save him.
0: And the more time that passes with Kavanaugh, the worse it is for him. Yep. Because one, we're getting all the documents that he had in the George W. Bush White House if you care about torture and shit like that. Yep. We're going to see more of that. More accusers might come forward because what we know about sexual violence is that they rarely limit themselves to just one victim. And we already have four, um, but only two will be investigated. So there's some time, which is good, but it's bad because the White House is meddling.
1: Yeah. And remember, don't let any Republican tell you that he's being delayed an inordinate amount of time.
0: It's a lifetime appointment. It's
1: a lifetime appointment. And the average appointee on the Supreme Court, no, the range, sorry, the range in the Supreme Court is 50 to 100 days before, from nomination to confirmation. Mm-hmm. He is doing just fine. He's
0: right, he's right on time. He don't have to worry. He's going to come to full term and full. be live birth aborted. Yeah. <laughs> live uh-huh. birth uh, par- oh, is partial birth abortion, which isn't a real thing. It's just a conservative talking point to make it seem
1: evil.
0: But if anyone deserves to be partial birth aborted, whatever that is, that should be Kavanaugh.
1: Yeah. Very very late term abortion. Yeah, that, man, that joke is a classic.
0: It is. It's such a it's good an
1: antique. It's yeah, a,
0: it's like an evergreen though. Yeah, because it's always edgy, and like really gets some spite behind it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> it's time for irresponsible speculation. Yes. Irresponsible speculation, everyone, is where I put on my tinfoil hat and say what I think is going to happen. My irresponsible speculation for the week is I don't know what's going to happen anymore.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: You know that meme of, like, Trump standing on the White House lawn and there's, like, a kid with a lawnmower? hmm And it's, like, the, the caption was, do you know what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> That's me.
1: I have a pretty optimistic vision of what's happening. Yeah. So I think that Republicans right now have a losing hand. Last week I talked about the fact that if they were to get rid of Kavanaugh, that 50 to 100-day window... Still kind of applies, right? That gap is closing more and more. So every day that goes by, every week that goes by, the GOP is more all in on Kavanaugh because if they replace him and they cross past the midterms, they're in a lot of trouble. That's one thing Lindsey Graham's absolutely right about is like midterm politics is going to be really important on this subject. It also benefits the Democrats to delay because it becomes a bigger and bigger midterm issue.
0: And we're about 40 days out? Yep. A little bit
1: less? Less, I think 30 some odd. Yep. Yeah. That plays into Democratic, Democrats' hands in a couple ways. One, there is some mixed polling that says that even Republican women are now turning on, not just Kavanaugh, but the Republicans generally.
0: And we saw that people from all around the country, everywhere, were going to bars and like coffee shops and cafes and diners to watch the hearings. Yeah, and there were just photos of women just sitting by themselves, all in a line along a bar, just watching, like in the Deep South. Yeah, and there were people like women calling to CNN. She's like, from the South or something, typically Deep Republican area. She's like, I'm 76, and I've never told anyone about my sexual assault, and this is bringing it all back. And what we know from the Anita Hill hearings is that Republicans got fucking rammed. The following year, yep, we ran back.
1: We ran back. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) these pussies are grabbing back. They're grabbing
0: back. Snapping necks. Taking names. So. (laughs) (laughs) Moving
1: onwards. Moving on. Too many rape jokes. Too many rape jokes. I get to
0: make all of them.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to wait for, like, a very racially charged topic so I can make Karina sit through a bunch of my race jokes.
0: We'll just sit quietly. (laughs) (laughs) And listen. And listen. Which is what you should all be doing. Anyway. (laughs)
1: Um, I, I there's been a, there, there, was, there was one set of posts that was floating all around social media and it was like, men need to shut up and listen. And I was like, yeah, I'm down with that. And not like in an angry way, just like, yeah, I, I agree with that. Someone else is going through some pain. You know, I don't sit there and talk to them about some other bullshit. I sit down and go like, all right, yeah, tell me what's up. I, I want to hear you out. Yeah. And day two... I started seeing posts that were the exact opposite from like another cohort of women that were essentially like, men need to stand up and say something right now because your silence is deafening. And then there's a third wave of posts that was like, we need to accept that men are also victims. And I was just like, what is all of this insane shit? It's just so, uh, it's a little oversimplified. All three of those points of view are, are correct and can simultaneously exist. Exist, yeah. But, like, it's it was interesting to watch, for me at least, those waves hit social media.
0: Well, it's like, I think people are like, this is the base level of decency. And someone's like, wait, you know, they should be doing more. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, he should do that. Or everyone should do that. And they're like, oh, okay. And someone else is like, you know what, there are other, and everyone's like, oh, that's good. And that's good. It's actually not, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing. It's like we're just elevating the discourse. More optimism. Yeah. Average,
1: up and down. Democrats on the general, like nationwide ballot are eight percentage points up. Mm-hmm. Again, generally, broadly speaking, to make it a wave where Democrats win both Senate and House, and in big ways, by the way. Mind you, like the map right now for Democrats is really bad.
0: For the Senate, for the Senate. It's because more of our seats are up than more than their seats.
1: But it could be, if Democrats have a wave, it could be devastating for Republicans because that would mean for 12 years, a number of seats that were relatively safe for them were actually occupied by Democrats. And that's huge. It also means that the next few cycles will be just picking up seats we were supposed to have all along.
0: Washing the blood from the underwear of the Senate and replacing it with the blue fluid. <laughs> Seen in many periods.
1: Again, this is a joke I'm not gonna touch, Karina.
0: (laughs) Matt just looks visibly uncomfortable.
1: I'm not visibly uncomfortable.
0: I'm uh, extremely uncomfortable.
1: Extremely (laughs) (laughs) uncomfortable. But I think that Kavanaugh is turning into a rallying point, Mm -hmm. not just because of sexual assault, and that is really big. But now it gives Democrats who are running a talking point that essentially goes like, dude, this guy's going to pardon himself. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh – and even for – in Alaska, like, Murkowski standing up to Trump on this will mean she's probably will lock up a a solid indigenous vote. It's already a right-leaning state. Yeah. But to lock that vote up – so that's some good news. I think another piece of pretty good news on this front is I don't think – that the investigation is going to flip Murkowski and Collins. And I think what's going to happen is F- Flake will more and more over the next week. This is my guess.
0: You can't guess with Flake
1: due to
0: his name and nature.
1: I think that that elevator moment is no small thing.
0: I, it also, I just put it in context, like, he said it wasn't necessarily only the elevator moment, Is that he had people in his life come forward and tell him, like, that they had been assaulted, and he's like, I had no idea.
1: He's also, and this is, like, me maybe stereotyping a little bit, he's Mormon. I have a lot of friends who are Mormon. I don't always agree with their political views, and they're, more, they're Mormons of very, very many stripes, but what one of the things I've noticed generally about Mormons is, like, this kind of, like, ethical... Bar.
0: I don't, I don't trust Jeff Flake as far as I can kick him, you know?
1: I don't trust any of them, but yeah. It's
0: not far. But, like, this investigation, whatever it turns up or doesn't turn out, or however it's hamstringed or whatever, gives Murkowski and Collins a cover for voting against... It's like, there's just too much doubt. There's too much doubt, right? Because we know that Kavanaugh is going to repeal Roe v. Wade, that he's very anti-abortion. Right. And Collins generally... In the past, has voted with the Romans' right to choose. She's typically moderate on that issue, so hopefully, it'll it'll just give them a little bit more time to find some more cover to vote against him. However, nothing in this hellscape seems to be working out great, um, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, I can I can also paint the dark a dark vision of what will happen.
0: Paint a dark vision of America.
1: So the dark vision is, the investigation happens.
0: The FBI investigation.
1: The the FBI investigation happens. And Republicans are able to say, look, they're able to take this standard to like a court-level standard. Could you sue him tomorrow? Well, you couldn't sue Kavanaugh tomorrow. There's not enough evidence to do that. So, as far as we're concerned, the man's name is clear. And Flake gets to say, well, I did the investigation as best I could, and uh, it's time to bring this guy up for a vote. And we could lose Mnuchin, who's in West Virginia, is a Democrat. Manchin. If he does? Manchin. Manchin. Mnuchin. Manchin. We could lose... Donnelly. Donnelly, who's in Indiana.
0: Indiana. Heidi... Hyde Camp, who's North in North Dakota. Carolina.
1: And uh, Murkowski and Collins could switch. I don't think they will. At this point, I really think that there is enough pressure on both of them. And I also, I mean, I don't want to be this person, but I am going to, because they are women, they are probably going like, I have a friend, I have been through, Mm -hmm. I understand the thing that she say.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Some women are fucking shit, dude. The women who are like, my son might be accused of raping someone. And I'm like, maybe you should teach your son about consent. And so there won't be any issues of him raping anyone.
1: What do you think mothers sound like?
0: They sound, when they're talking about their rapist sons, they sound like this. <laughs> they
1: sound like the stereotype of Long Island Jewish
0: mother. <laughs> Where were we? I, I'm fucking so tired. I want to have a glass of mezcal.
1: Oh, my God. That sounds great.
0: Um, I do want to say two things. One, please go vote and get her registered to vote. For God's sakes. For God's sakes. Because if he does get put on the court... If any conservative judge gets put on the court, it's going to be the first time in 75 years that the court is conservative-leaning. And if you would recall what 75 years ago was like, it ain't good. And what you can do to protect yourself is elect Democrats who aren't beholden to the Russians and generally protect your voting rights and the rights to your own body on a state level. And that's why, uh, while federalism has been a naughty kink for the conservative party for years and years and years, and now it now can become our dirty fetish. Right. Okay, two. I want to share some good news with you. You want to hear some good news? Yeah, I love good news. I'm like that Dave Chappelle meme where I'm like scratching my throat and I was like, y'all got some of that good news? news? Y'all got some of the good news? Uh, A judge decided, this is a big deal, that Senator Blumenthal and the congressional Democrats have standing to sue Trump over the Emoluments Clause.
1: Oh, Right. The emoluments Clause.
0: Emoluments Clause.
1: Emoluments Clause.
0: What the Emoluments Clause is, is a clause that prevents the president from taking money from foreign princes, governments, etc., while he's in office. He can't be enriched by the office. Right. And not a lot of people have been able to sue. Like, the lawsuit's been dismissed several times because people didn't have standing for it, and standing just means, like, you have the right that you're affected by this to sue. And, again, this matters who's on the Supreme Court, because it's likely to go to the Supreme Court to eventually be decided. But... We get to see discovery and that's what happens when you sue someone. You get to see all the information that the other side has. So we'll get to see some documents and maybe some tax returns.
1: Oh my god. So get
0: hype. It's going to be great. Hyped up. Amped up. I'm turned up. Turned up. Blumenthal is the one that got the standing.
1: He's also the man who said I believe believe you. you. And
0: I want everyone to know at home that I believe you and it's not your fault and you matter and we love you. And
1: you know I think that we were talking about like bottling up feelings mm-hmm. and feeling like I feel bad that I even am in this situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is okay to feel like this sucks and it's shitty and it's bad.
0: It's a nine eleven, man. You should feel bad.
1: You should feel bad. And for Karina and I, it's kilos and caffeine. If we I can, can't drink
0: coffee though, so I just have like a nice green tea. But yeah, Matt drinks coffee.
1: I love coffee. And then we lift weights. Lift weights. Or just talk to somebody who who you can vent and send all caps text messages back and forth too. Yeah. And.
0: They're uh, borking him. They're borking him. They're borking him. (laughs) Get borked. And
1: and then, and then put it on your Instagram page that you share with, with with one of your best friends. And, um, really just check in with yourself and also check in with your friends. Uh, I'm a man and this has been very stressful and, and anger inducing for me, uh, for a lot of women in my life. It's been, um, it's been horrifying it's really important to be there for your friends, but also just kind of be there for yourself. And if you can't go into work, you need to like uh, chow down on some food. I know that's like a big thing for some people. Uh, If you're like Karina and myself, we got to go get out some anger by putting uh, iron and rubber plates into the air. Um, Whatever you have to do, uh, it is okay to do it. And and, um, we need people to feel energized and not helpless.
0: Because what we know and what we've learned from the past week is that our voices matter and we are at every single disadvantage we could have. We don't have control of anything and we've managed to get this far. And so it's going to get fucking dirty in the next week and a half, but we can win. Yeah. And if we all band together, we can win. And if you've ever been to a protest, you know, Chances the people united will never be defeated and that's just not a pithy platitude that's the truth yeah. if we unite we can win and overcome this
1: we were able to push back the Muslim ban we were able to thwart a lot of immigration stuff we
0: saved the ACA
1: we saved the ACA it's still being eaten away at in a lot of ways but the, the main the ship is mostly there they took a bunch of stuff down they've made things worse but we're holding the line always keep this in mind. Part of the strategy is to wear you down and taking care of yourself means accepting that you've been worn down a little bit and that you need to like peel back and get back into the front lines and keep working.
0: Um, Yeah. And I want to end the podcast on this note and it's a quote from Dostoevsky, which is very apt. Um, The darker the night, the brighter the stars and you guys are all bright stars. Yeah. So, all right.
1: Good no question, guys. Uh, I'm Matt Abetti.
0: I'm Karina Celine.
1: And this is We're, We're Just here, here to Help. help.